you sure it's recording? Hey, um, so you're starting this uh, talks, the in three talks? Yes. All right, sounds good. Yes. Right. So you're starting these in three talks, why? <laughs> so let me start it in okay. a different way. Okay. We often discuss a lot of these oh, subjects, yes. and uh, so you, we, you know, we kind of said let's have your knowledge shared okay, yes. with a wider audience. So we're doing the talks because I used to blog a lot about a lot of the things that I thought about, but now running my businesses and everything, it's a lot harder for me to take the time it takes to kind of sit down and get a lot of my thoughts out on paper. Through a lot of the conversations we have, a lot of my thoughts came out. And so the purpose of these talks are to kind of get, get my thoughts out a lot easier, kind of catch them live, raw, and just to be able to share them with other people and get a better understanding of you know, what we're doing here at IM3, kind of some things we're doing clearly to education, and kind of what's the mission or what's my internal passion that's driving the things that we're doing. So why don't you share with us a little bit more about who you are? Uh, I'm Eric Saunders. I uh, started clearly, well, that's about my business, who I am. So I'm Aaron Saunders, a person. I started writing software in sixth grade. Um, and at that point, it was just a hobby. I didn't really think much about it. As I, as I progressed through my, uh, as I pr progressed through kind of school, still coding was still just a hobby. Um, it wasn't until I went to college pre-med, uh, didn't do so well with the grades, and then I just kind of fell back on software development because it was something that came easy to me. Um, I continued to do software development for many years, and I enjoyed it until I got to the point where I wanted to take it to the next level and figure, understand the business side of software development. And that's when I decided to go to school. Um, I went and got my MBA from NYU and kind of started to look at solving problems differently and looking at technology as a way to solve problems instead of just technology for technology's sake. And that's kind of what drives me uh, with the work that I do at Clearly Innovative when we hire our team. I say to them that we are solution providers, we are not developers, we are not coders. Um, we, coding is just a tool that we're using to solve the business versus problem. And so it's about understanding their problem, trying to build a longer term relationship with them, to perceive us as more partners in solving their problem, unless it's just some people who are just gonna code something and hand it off to them. Um, I think if you dig deeper, that whole philosophy kind of leads into the work that we're doing here, um, you know, not to get too religious or philosophical. So like where, where is here again? Oh, here, here at uh, Inclusive Innovation Incubator. Um, it's it's that whole teaching the fish versus just feeding them kind of philosophy. It's like, hey, we can, you know, how clearly innovative we hire people, we train them to be software developers so that they can you know, continue to work with us or continue on their own journey. Um, we want to work with entrepreneurs here also to kind of you know teach, train, help, support um, them to find their own path and find their own success. So we'll we'll dig deeper a little uh, about technology, but uh, just tell us a little bit more about N three. And then the programs that you have focusing on the underserved, okay. uh, or should I we say underrepresented? Underrepresented. Yes. Uh, so, inclusive innovation incubator, top level program we'll start with the one we've kind of kicked off and had great success with is Grow and Glow. Mm -hmm. So, Glow and Grow is a, a woman focused uh, program. We talk about entrepreneurship, finance, um, health, just everything that it comes to more of the whole woman entrepreneur as opposed to just hey we're going to teach you just about business and you know go off and be successful um, we've had a series of panels we have some networking events 
and that's been a great success so far. We are, we've also started uh, our program called It's Not Just a Game, which heavy focused on helping folks from our community kind of change a narrative around how they perceive gaming and esports and look at it as more of a business opportunity um, to look at it more as instead of just consuming a lot of this content to how do we get on the other side, similar to how they say with you know films, you know, we're on one side, let's get on the other side and start to control some of the messaging and stuff that's pushed out. Um, it's a billion dollar industry that uh, we, we need to wake up and be more aware of. So through uh, game tournaments, panels, talks, you know, content like this, uh, we're, we're trying to help, uh, not help, we're trying to expose you know, folks from the community, uh, things that you know, I'm able to see from my perspective from someone who's been a gamer for a while, um, has business and entrepreneurship experience, and just enjoys kind of consuming this type of content to learn about what might be the next thing. The um, Future is Written in Code is, uh, at, right now we're starting out with a series of workshops, classes around uh, technology and training, but our goal is to expand it to more topics in and around where technology is leading us in the future and the importance of it. And Innovation the, Lab. The Innovation Lab, yes. The Innovation Lab is the next one that's really kicking off. Um, applications are open now. I believe we're starting in the middle of March. We will actually start the program. It's a three-week program. But what our what we're focusing on here is addressing the, the last C in our kind of three C's of the technical capital. Actually, it's back. The last C, which is technical capital, uh, which goes along with the social capital and the financial capital. Um, when you have an idea, where we are right now um, in the ecosystem is you really need to be able to have something to show. We're past the, hey, here's my great pitch, and even past, here's my great deck. It's like, let's build a prototype, let's build an MVP. Um, our target audience, there isn't a lot of technical capital in the ecosystem. There's not a lot of developers around for an entrepreneur with a great idea and great passion to just reach out to and get that technical support. So the purpose of an inclusive innovation lab is to tech-enable, tech-enable businesses in diverse communities. So we run our series of workshops that focus on a lot of the same concept that concepts that are normally covered in business workshops, but what we do is we tech-enable that process by starting with the entrepreneur early on to help them understand um, what technology can be used to solve their problem, how they would go about identifying requirements for that, what tools are there that they can utilize, um, and how they and, and we better equip them to identify a development resource and or work with development resource on their product. Um, what we're offering as a prize to the winner is that through Clearly Innovative Inc., we will provide $15,000 in in-kind services to assist that entrepreneur with building their MVP. Beautiful. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about the technology, what you call the technology ecosystem in the Washington, D.C. area. So tell us more about that space. So do you believe that there are enough um, underrepresented people represented in this sector, in this industry? I believe that here in the DC ecosystem, it's, there, there's, there are a lot of diverse people represented in the tech ecosystem, but if you start to break it down to a lower level, um, we don't have the representation that I think we need. So 
if someone comes here and asks about tech specifically, if you look at the uh, technology consulting firms that work with the federal government or state and local government, you'll probably find a high representation um, of those resources. But if you dig deeper down into the kind of the startup ecosystem um, and the small business ecosystem, I don't believe we have the same level of representation. So in terms of the industry, the technology industry, how do you see the underrepresented being represented and how can the inclusive incubator uh, assist in the process of them being one job ready, especially since you're on Georgia Avenue? So how do you, Georgia Avenue just close by the corridor of Howard University, so where there's the largest uh, institution. So how do you, educational institution, how do you see your mission being aligned with what you're doing with this incubator? So the, so the goal here really is to focus on creating, um, first of all, identifying gaps in the ecosystem, and then creating complementary programming to kind of fill in those gaps and add value. You mentioned, you know, job readiness. The, you know, one of the criticisms that happens often in the industry is that people, um, there's a concern that students are coming out of college and they may have their degree, but they're not necessarily job ready. If you want to focus specifically on a tech ecosystem, there's definitely some gaps there um, that you find very often in a lot of universities because it's very hard to keep up with how quickly things are evolving. Um, so through programs and services support we provide here at um, Inclusive Innovation Incubator, uh, through our Futures Written Code program, our meetups and our other events we have, we would like to try to fill that gap. Um, when we talk about the youth programming, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, very similar. Um, a lot of public schools, even some private schools, find it a challenge to provide um, exposure to uh, tech and kind of what's happening in the industry. And this is even beyond just coding, but let's say the tech ecosystem as a whole and opportunities that exist there. Um, through our Clear Innovative Education program, we try to expose kids to those opportunities that are there. Um, not to turn them all into software developers, but just at least to make them aware of what are potential opportunities for them in the future. So through our conversation, a few things that you have said is um, it's not just the Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Silicon Valley is not, it shouldn't be synonymous with technology, startups, entrepreneurs. One, do you believe that Washington, D.C. is the right place? And two, do you believe that there is from the government side, so from the public side and the private sector side, do you believe that they're creating that ecosystem and enabling a lot of the environment for it? I believe that we are early on on that journey. <laughs> I believe that there are steps being made, but I think there's also um, a level of education that still needs to happen with um, the companies in the ecosystem um, and some of the state and local governments, but I, I, I think they're learning that it's more than sometimes just putting money on the table. It's more than uh, just sometimes creating workforce development programs without aligning companies with the goals of that workforce development program. So it's great if I have a training program, but if I train you and I don't have a path to lead you to a job, then what am, what am I really accomplishing? I can check the box and say, hey, I'm trying to support the ecosystem through my workforce development program, but at the end, we need the jobs. Um, and so I, I think we need a tighter alignment between what the needs are of the companies um, to make sure that the training that is provided is aligned so that there's, there's a pathway that goes there. I think that kind of digging deeper, um, even into the school system, right? Um, let's use, as you said, DC, for, for example, Cybersecurity is huge, right? It's, 
it could be, for lack of a better word, I said to someone, like, we should be exporting cybersecurity jobs out of this region mm -hmm. because it's almost like we have, not almost, we, there's so much, even if you just look at the federal government, right, and the security issues that need to be addressed there, and the job opportunities to kind of go solve that problem, you know, you will run into uh, problems that come with solutions here that it'll be hard to find other places in the country, right? So if we're training and developing expertise in that space, then this ecosystem is now exporting that talent to other areas around the country and theoretically around the world. So why are we not taking advantage of that, right? Um, people talk a lot about how great Silicon Valley is and all the other things. Well, Silicon Valley's figured out how to kind of continue to catalyze the expertise that they have based on their ecosystem, right? We need to do a better job of that here, right? You should be tripping over cybersecurity training programs. You know, it should, it should almost be in everybody's mind, right? Mm -hmm. There are opportunities that you can get in cybersecurity that do not require a college degree. You can get entry-level positions just with certifications. So how about we have some more programs that identify you know, potential candidates to get certifications, right? Working with companies who identify what maybe they have specific needs beyond just a certification. So let's let's work together to create some programs and curriculum that create that pathway. And I, I think that's more of getting the uh, the companies, state, local government, educational institutions to kind of all work together. So uh, as we're gonna just uh, gradually wrap up, uh, a few things that we can talk about is the future written in code. I know is trying to address that mm -hmm. gap. Um, talk a little bit more about the programs that you've designed or also reaching out to certain companies where you can say, uh, where you have said in fact, is let us prepare your cohort of these young, vibrant individuals to be job ready in the cybersecurity space or in other places. Can you talk a little bit more about so it? So the, the idea is um, a lot of the companies that work in the cybersecurity space and uh, a lot of the supporting industries around that uh, are all now starting to roll out certification programs. Um, and you'll hear them say, we can't find enough people to fill the jobs. Uh, and they, they just kind of, they just keep circling, right? Mm -hmm. We have open jobs, we have training programs, but we can't find enough people to put the jobs. But then you look at the training offerings and they're either cost prohibitive or they're not accessible or they're not being targeted towards these communities where there might be people who can fill those jobs. Um, what we hope to do here, what we hope to do, what we're working towards here at IN3 is kind of, once again, being a connective tissue between those players to say, hey, we have space, uh, we have access to a community. Um, we, we're just looking for support in bringing together programming and, like I said, making sure there's a pathway on the back end, mm -hmm. right? So although we could stand up our own program here, we can run our program here, get people successfully through it. You know, there's still a cost for certification exams. And then at the end, once you're certified, we need a place to kind of direct these individuals to to get jobs. Um, and we know that it's more than just a certification. There's social skills, there's soft skills, there's these other needs that usually uh, inhibit those specific or particular candidates when they're trying to make that next step. If we can't address that gap also, it'll just be discouraged. And they'll hit the wall, they'll say, I got my certification, I still can't get a job, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I get the help that I need to kind of, you know, take me to this next level so that I can reap the benefits of what's happening here in the ecosystem? 
So Amazon has announced uh, that it's coming close to the area uh, in Crystal City, which is barely 20 minutes from here. And they have certifications. And so how can Amazon utilize your space and your community to ensure that they can, you can provide, again, those certification workshops or you can have a certain strategy? How can other companies or companies outside of Amazon partner with you in order to create this ecosystem of vibrant professionals that are certified ready, job ready, and you can be the pipeline to that? One of the things that I like to say often is that these candidates don't just fall out of trees, right? These candidates are identified, um, they're supported, um, and and then you get the results, right? So if we use a company like Amazon, for example, Amazon's rolled out some online curriculum that is free. Um, Amazon has a certification program, not certain certification is free. I mean, as you said, Amazon's coming here into the community. Um, Amazon can support a pilot program here at IN3. Um, where we um, identify a budget to train even a small cohort of 10, 10 students. Um, we utilize Amazon resources to put the curriculum together. Uh, we then run the students through the curriculum. Hopefully Amazon will pay if there's a cost for a certification for the individuals to take the test. And then on the back end, just agree to at least interview the students. I think what we would do also at I3 is address some of the other complementary soft skills with the students that come to the program, right? So talk about professionalism, um, some communication style, you know, maybe helping them with their resume. But to kind of, you know, the same way we said about growing glow, we're trying to create the kind of the whole entrepreneur. We want to create the whole candidate. And just being successful with the technical part of the job does not necessarily mean they'll be successful when they get to the interview, or even if they get past the interview and get the job. You know, will they be successful with communicating with their peers at their job so that then they can grow and learn? Will they understand the importance of trying to identify a mentor or a sponsor when they get to the job? These are other things that go beyond just the, hey, I've trained you, now go get a job. So it's a good segue because we're going to wrap up with Growing Glow, and specifically because it's March, it's the, the, the month of the woman. And so I know when we talk, you often, for a while, we've been talking, and you said, you know, I want to start a program for women. I want to make sure that there's a platform for women um, and to have a wholesome approach to women. So as we you conclude, talk a little bit about Growing Glow and the importance of women representation in the industry of technology. And another one that, um, a program that you're, you're working on is the women and gaming or competitive sports. So talk a little bit more about that. So I'll we'll start with the women in gaming competitive sports first. Um, you know, similar to some of the challenges the tech industry's had and it's kind of still working through about kind of this toxic environment uh, that's not very inviting. Um, you, you see examples of that in the gaming industry uh, through through it's not just a game and through Grow, grow and Glow, um, we want to encourage women to look into that space as potential job opportunities for them. Um, and through growing, <laughs> I, I lost, what was it? What was no, it? the Grow and Glow. The, why was it important for yes. you to start? Oh, I know you're a father of a few right. daughters. So, and, yes, and, the Grow and Glow is, is important to me because, you know, as, as you stated, you know, I, I have a, daughters. Um, my youngest daughter always says, you know, when are you teach me code? When are you teach me code? And, you know, you want to, the, the same way how 
I do the things that I do through Twilio Innovative and IM3 because I see the success and the opportunity that I've had in my technical career path. I think other people should be able to take that path if that's what they want to do. You know, so if there's a you know a woman who's excited about being a software developer or is kind of dabbled in coding or dabbled in streaming or dabbled in gaming or esports or any of those things, or a business should, owner, or yeah, or a business sure. owner, they they should be able to find a place, a community um, to go to determine if that's really what they want to do, mm -hmm. right? Once again, they don't have to necessarily do it, but they should have that option. They should be able to explore that option. And that's what a lot of what we do, you know, running the gamut is, you know, exploring the options um, of possibility for you to find what you're passionate about. You know, I feel blessed that I started coding in fifth grade. I'm still able to do it. I've been able to, you know, raise a family and have a successful life. But that was because the opportunity was presented to me and I had a support structure around me that made that possible to me. Um, you know, through, through, you know, focusing specifically on a girl glow, you know, a young woman, if a young woman, you know, let's talk, let's talk about Howard, Brandage for Howard and likes the game, there should be a pathway for her mm. if that's what she wants to do with her life, to at least give it a try. It shouldn't be something where she feels like, oh, it's so bad, I'll just go do something else. Mm. And that's what we want to try. You can choose not to do it, but you should be able to choose to do it if you want to. And in three, the perfect ecosystem yes. uh, for you. that. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Aaron Saunders. Uh, so, and last note. See you next time. See you next time. Lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.